Amen. How many have ever heard of the phrase, getting yoked? Sorry, I cracked right there. That was the worst time to crack. How many have heard, heard the phrase, getting yoked? Raise your hand. If you are yoked, stand up so we can just get a living. No one is that confident. Thank you. Someone's you. Uh, it was so funny. I was, I was Googling that phrase, getting yoked, and I stumbled. Sorry, who doesn't know what it means? Don't raise your hand. I don't want to make you feel isolated. I'll just explain it to you. Um, getting yoked is a term for like getting jacked. What does getting jacked mean? It means like getting swole. Oh, what does getting swole mean? So, pumped, ripped. But Okay, that's okay. I needed someone up here to demonstrate that. I am not that guy. I'm a runner, not a lifter. But I will outrun you. Anyway. <laughs> but I am not a jacked yoke dude. But it's funny, I was looking up, because uh, I wanted to do a sermon, and then a sermon series called Getting Yoked, and I typed it in my search bar, and it took me to a weightlifter who, uh, this incredible, I really was in the flow of something, and then I got derailed, um, Getting Yoked. And what's so funny is, is I, this, this weightlifter who is, how many know, when you are a a participant in a subculture, it's okay to make fun of your own subculture. So this whole, this weightlifter is making fun of all the different bros at the gym. You know, and the guys who, all they do is chest workout, and so their chest is huge, but their legs have, are chicken legs? Come on, where are my chicken leggers at? That was definitely me when I used to lift, because who cares about your legs, right? Um, you know, so they call them chicken legs. And he's just making fun of the guys who, they only do like one body part at the expense of the other. Um, and I forgot his favorite term. I think yoked is like, or swole, you know, uh, I'll, I'll just give you the link later, if, as if you care. But, um, but, but in many ways, just today's talk is about um, how many want to be a Christian that just, have a, has, has, just has one part of your walk with Christ developed when God wants to speak all to all of your life so that you can be a well-rounded, healthy, and holy person. And you know, I just, I just realized there are so many things that, that you and I will by nature do because of our, our personality, introvert, extrovert, because of uh, our drivenness, or, or there's so many things we'll just stay in uh, because of comfort, because of what comes naturally. But how many know that the Lord wants you and I to not just be jacked or be, he wants us to be whole and holy and healthy and vibrant and full of life and flourishing. He wants to breathe life on every part of our life. If you agree, say amen. amen. And so I, I really believe this is going to be a continuation from dad's message last week about soul health. And I really encourage you, go to our Facebook, YouTube, don't go to YouTube, it's only posted on Facebook this time. This one will be on both. Or our podcast, listen to that message on having a healthy soul. Who, were, who was marked last week? I mean, I mean, it was just an amazing time with Dad, uh, Dan Bohai in the house. And I just want to continue that conversation. And, and my heart today is not to be clever or catchy. Uh, that's next week. Um, you know, more and more, I'm 35. I got four kids. I, you know, my whole life, I, I live in between the space of like, I don't know what I'm doing, and God help, and, 
And then when I think I know what I'm doing, it doesn't pan out like I thought. And then I come home from work. That's just work. And then... (laughs) So, I mean, all more and more, I don't want to waste your time. I want to be helpful. You know, it doesn't really matter what you think you know. What matters is what you know, infiltrating and influencing how you actually live. At the end of the day, our confessional faith will get us only so far. We even see a picture of the guys who had confession. Remember the the seven seven sons of Sceva in Acts chapter 19? These Jewish priests, uh, they heard about the power of Jesus' name. Right, And they saw the Apostle Paul going out, casting out demons and raising people in his handkerchief, you know, healing people. Not a bad ministry. But these guys had no actual intimate friendship or knowledge with Jesus. And so they, they would go out to other demonized people and say, in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches about. And then they meet this demonized guy, one guy versus seven, and the one demoniac guy whips them bloody and naked and they all go out with their tails tucked between their legs. My point is, they had a confession in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches, but they had no experience. They had no experiential knowledge of who Jesus was. And how many in this room would say, you know what, by golly, I want to move beyond a confessional faith. I want to know who Jesus is. I mean, how many would say in this place that, man, I've been to more churches, more seminar studies, but I'm ready to not just have one part of my body chiseled. I want Jesus to begin to breathe his kingdom life on every part of my life. And so what I want to do today is I want to kick off a conversation. Here's the thing. Every single person is yoked to something or someone, agree or disagree. Every single person is attaching their life, is putting their eggs in a certain basket, is going all in. And and name a few things for me that people are yoked to, that they're, they're bound to. What are some common things people hope, you know, if I just attach myself to this, fill in the blank, then my life will really be something. What? Job, technology, sports, family, refrigerator. We're going to have deliverance after the service. <laughs> you know, money, power, sex, fame, the big, you know, the big three or four, right? And, and the hope is if I, if, I, if I get close enough to this thing, then somehow my peers will see me. I'll, I'll be at home on the inside. I'll, I'll be known on the outside, and my life will pan out to mean something. But the only bummer is... That all of these various options that you and I are perpetually bombarded with. How many know the devil don't turn his switch off? The things that he's pulling at us to put your your trust in this. You need a little more of that. Just give this a little bit more attention. The, The bummer is when you go down those paths, you may experience temporary pleasure or temporary relief or temporary satisfaction, but at the end of the day, you go down any of those rabbit holes, it ends in darkness, death, decay, and despair. It's just a fact. That's not even like just a Christian fact. Just turn on your news of when you make anything other than Jesus the one you're yoked to, the one you're yoked to. So I just want to read a passage. I want to make a few comments And I just want to kick off a conversation. I hope this week when you hang out with friends, I hope if you're you're a parent or a grandparent or a guardian, I hope you talk about this passage this week. 
I hope you even go home and be, what sport is even happening right now? It's sort of the, like, oh, whatever. <laughs> no one cares until October, right, Jeremy? <laughs> Praise the Lord, sorry. Um, that you would even sit with this passage for a minute. What am I yoked to? What am I, what is the thing? What is the ideology? What is the, the worldview? What is the framework for life? What is the vision that drives me when I wake up? What is that thing I'm attached to? And the beautiful thing about Jesus is he never does his work by coercion. That should have gotten a few more amens. Like, uh, Here's how it usually works. We usually see something in Jesus that compels us. His beauty, his kindness, his power, his teachings, his, his ability to offend everyone and still be right. If you like that characteristic, we need to talk. We're usually, there's something about, how many have ever been compelled by Jesus? Something you saw, you read in the gospel, or even someone who did something bearing his name that caused your jaw to drop. Can someone say amen to the preacher? We're usually compelled, because Jesus is incredibly compelling. He was, he's compelling to like everyone. Honestly. I remember I had a a conversation with a radical atheist. Radical atheist. I mean that like, it was like his life's mission, atheism. And I, I, I'm not hating on him. I'm not derogatory towards him. But, but we had this whole conversation in, at a Starbucks, and we're going back and forth. And, you know, and, and, and finally, I'm like, how is the vision that Jesus gives for human flourishing in the Sermon on the Mount a bad idea? Like loving enemies instead of killing them. Turning the other cheek instead of slapping back. And I just, I just kind of softly quoted the whole Sermon on the Mount. And at the end of the day, he's kind of like, he didn't become a believer or a Christian, but he's like, yeah. In other words, the teaching, the character of Jesus is compelling. I mean, he's just as compelling. Showing mercy to those who are crying out for his crucifixion, praying, Father, forgive them. I mean, who does that? I mean, you don't have to even be a believer for that to melt your heart. Well, who does that? So usually it starts with being compelled, right? And then what happens is after a little while, you might be compelled by Jesus, and then all of a sudden you become to get convicted, like, whoa, my life don't look like that. Come on, how many have ever been compelled, but that, com- that compellingness led you to a place of, of being seized and convicted, like what you see in him, you don't see in you? I got six people in the middle who are honest. But I promise all of you, if you're a believer, you've, had, you've been convicted. Like, whoa, there, there's some, I don't have that kind of love. I don't have that kind of grace, that kind of compassion. That... And you know what that conviction is meant to lead you to? Repentance where you change your mind about how life works, that you're not God, he is, you're not master, he is, you're not Lord, he is, your kingdom isn't supreme, his is, and so you enter into communion out of conviction, you begin to realize, whoa, he's better than I thought. (laughs) When I was compelled, if you're taking notes, they all start with C, you're welcome. No one's taking notes. 
But this is a good message. Oh, Lance's. I'm compelled and then I'm convicted. His conviction opens the door to repentance. And then it starts the whole journey of communion. Not bread and cracker and wine, although that's, that's called communion and Eucharist, but I'm talking about the relationship. And then you begin to realize, whoa, that unlike every other ruler, every other ideology, every other uh, corporate ladder to climb, that those at the top who keep their distance from ordinary broken people like us, unlike every other one who lives in a white tower, high horse, Wherever Jesus is, it's always level ground, and it's always for the broken and those who know they can't earn their way to it. And so the communion, the relationship begins. Then you walk with Jesus a little bit, and then eventually he offends one of your residual idols or bad habits. Come on, am I preaching truth to anybody? Where eventually, the relationship is great. And then he's like, let's talk about your thought life. Or let's talk about your money. Let's talk about that iceberg of offense in your heart that you can wear your smile for only so long, but when you're alone, you're seething with bitterness and resentment. Before long, the communion provides the context for the Savior who is gentle and humble and loving to begin to peel back the layers of our soul, of our mindset, of our spirit, and he begins to want to have deeper conversations. And aren't you glad that he doesn't just take us and just leave us in our state? He wants to infuse our entire existence with his kingdom life. And so he begins, out of that place of communion, he begins to have conversations. And the way I describe it is this, uh, I, uh, you know, uh, um, there are conversations you can have if you're, if you're married, like I, I can't demand full fidelity from someone I've just been on one date with. Are you tracking with me? I mean, it's probably a good idea. You probably shouldn't date if you're in the dating phase or whatever. Like if they're like, oh, I'm kind of seeing other people too. Eh, not worth dating. Come on, can I get an amen? You know, but just even as that natural relationship begins to progress, how many know the closer you grow in communion, the greater the covenant, the greater the commitment. And so out of that place of communion, the Lord begins, Jesus begins to have a conversation. He says, will you trust me with that? Yeah, that part. But Jesus, I just love your teachings. I mean, I love your example. And don't you just want an admirer? No, I want an ambassador who can be formed in my image that I can send for my purposes. No, I don't just want admirers. I don't just want fans. I want followers to be so bound to me, so bought into my truth, so surrendered and yielded to my heart that when you go where you go, I go through you by my spirit. 
No, I'm not all that interested in just being adored or even just appreciated. I want you to bolt your life next to my life. I want to fill your life, everything you think, how you spend your money, your sex life, your relationships, your friendships, your workplace, your recreation, and your rest. I want to fill it with my kingdom life. Every part is on the playing field when it comes to yoking yourself next to me. Every part. Every part, is, every part is in play. And where we have absolutely killed our witness and we've killed our own joy and our own salvation is we've not yet taken seriously Jesus' invitation to come to him in our weariness and heaviness. We love that part. How many love that part? He just says, come to me. In what condition? The one you're in. Come on. The one that you're in. All of you, who's it for? Who are weary. Jesus knows that we are by nature born and then raised yoked to him. So he knows everyone he calls has been discipled and formed and yoked to some other God or idol or ideology that has whipped them to tears. And so his invitation in the door is, I know you're weary because sin stinks. And your whole life, you've been formed in that way. You've been fashioned to become like that thing that you thought was ultimate in your life. So come to me in your weariness. Come to me in your heaviness. Come to me in your burden. And I want to lift that thing off your life. I want to lift it up. I want to, that's how I love, that's how he meets us. And then he's like, take my yoke upon you. Now that I've lifted all that junk, now we're ready to build. Come on, how many know for a remodel project, you don't remodel over your cruddy studs and your messed up, smoke-stained drywall? Am I talking to any contractors? I'm out of my water here. (laughs) So they say. Only in Christ, he doesn't just take you back to your studs. He makes you a brand new creation. And he says, now take my yoke. Now what's my yoke? It's my lifestyle. It's my teachings. But then he gets even better. My yoke is an invitation to do all of life, not from me, not even for me, but with me. Come on. How many know you can live life from God as a rebel? How many have ever lived life from God? You can live life under God, trapped in a battle of legalism with an impossible taskmaster to please. How many have lived under God, at least in your infantile thinking? How many have ever lived over God, where you know you kind of treated him as a divine vending machine? If I do this, this, and this, then you've got to pan out and do this, this, and this. How many have ever thought that they actually had God on a string? But here's what I'm convinced. Many, many good intended believers live life for God. But it's never enough. There's there's always more poor to be fed. There's always more lost to be found. And so you are just exhausted because you thought what you did for him is what gave you value and worth in his eyes. The greater alternative of being yoked to Jesus is he actually wants to do all of life with you. From For, under, over, how many want to say yes to with? I want to do it with you, all of it. Which part? All of it. 
And what's killed us in our witness, as I was saying, and what has killed us in our own joy of following Jesus is we have not taken serious enough that he really does want every part of our lives to be whole, healthy, and his. All oh, those were good. Whole, healthy, and his. So he says, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And then learn from me. Not a bad invitation to learn from the smartest man in the history of the world. The most loving, the most powerful, the most humble, the most forgiving, compassionate. Oh, and he says, oh, by the way, here's the kind of teacher I am. I'm grumpy and impossible to please. So everyone who follows me should just have a bad day and heavy and grumpy and distraught all the time. Now what does he say? Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. And then he says, I'm gentle and humble in heart. Oh, come on. And you will find rest for your souls. Did you know the very first thing God did when he made humans was he gave them this huge call and commission to fill the whole world with God's glory, to work and make something out of the raw materials of planet Earth, to extend the boundaries and barriers of Eden into all of creation. But you want to know what the very first thing they did with their very first full day in existence? They rested with God. Day seven, read it. Okay, God, I'm ready to do all this for you. And he's all, Let's rest. God, I'm going to make something of this planet. I'm, man, I got the shovel in my hand, I'm and I'm ready to make babies with Eve because you said to be fruitful and multiply. That was supposed to be funny, but that's not. I mean, that, no one thought that was funny. I mean, just preaching the Bible. And then the Lord's like, I've given you everything. You're my little king and my little queen and you're going to have lots of little baby prince and princesses and you're going to raise them. And he's like, are you ready to go fill the earth? And he's all, but before we do anything, let's just be together. Let's rest. I want to teach you something on your first full day of existence that all of life is meant to flow from relationship with me so that your whole life, you're never working to try to find value or approval or your, your sense of purpose and meaning, but you already have purpose and value and meaning by virtue that you're mine, that you bear my mark and my image. Now, don't get me wrong. God, Jesus, when he says, take my yoke and you'll find rest, he's not saying, let's just go hang out at the beach every day with sand in your toes, a drink in your hand, and sun on your skin. How many know what yokes are for? Help me out, church. What are yokes for? Work. How many know if you start getting yoked with Jesus, he has an assignment for your life. There's work to do. So, but the end, how many know, how many have ever experienced, like, man, where are my people who just get that build-it-yourself furniture and you don't even look at the directions? 
And then your back hurts so bad and your fingers are all blistered. And, and then you obviously put the back thing, the forward facing, so you had to drill six new holes. Am I talking to any guys in this place? How many know that there's a way that work leads to toil, that leads to being distraught? But how many know if we do it his way, in his character and nature and purpose, those things we work in and towards can be life-giving instead of life-sucking? Yokes are for work, dude. And there's work to do. But man, it's with Jesus. So it's good work. Amen. Learn from me. Learn from me. Well, what part of my life should I learn from you? Every part. Physical, emotional, spiritual, relational, mental, every other all. I want to be yoked with you. Come to me in whatever state you're in. I'm not going to leave you in that state. Take my yoke. Many in this room are ready. You're you're ready to take the yoke of Jesus. You're thankful that he's taken your sin. You're thankful that he's lifted your burdens and weariness, but, but you know that there is more. It's time to get yoked, jacked, beefed, buff, bulky. It's time to get whole. It's time to get healthy. And it's time to live all of life as an offering unto him. All in favor, say aye. aye. So what we want to do is, is over these next few weeks, you know, summer, this is a great, glad you guys are here that you came to church on summer Sunday. But over these next few weeks, I want to talk about what does it mean to be yoked to Jesus. And I want to pick on certain things that we don't talk about all that often. Some we do talk about often. And I want to look at Jesus, to Jesus, his word, his example, and say, what does he have to say about it? How many want to go on that journey? What does it mean to be yoked to him? What does he have to say about my, that part? How many know Jesus has a lot to say? Better, he's lived the perfect life of wisdom, of peace, of wholeness, of love, and of life, and he's made a way for us to walk beside him as we carry, take his yoke. How many are thankful for that? Like he doesn't call us to do something that he hasn't already done. And because he's done it, he's made a way through it. And so after that communion leads to commitment. And ultimately Jesus by, by, by his invitation to, 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 to take a yoke, he's looking for people who are like, Jesus, I'm done coming to you with red tapes, with you doing things on my terms. I submit to you, I want to do things on your terms. How many know that's sort of the only way he works anyway? We're just fooling ourselves. And our lives are crusty and stale and grumpy. But the Lord's like, okay, we're going to do it my way. But here's the really good, really, really, really good thing about doing it my way. My way leads to life. Am I talking to anyone in this room who has experienced 
the rest that Jesus offers if we'll do it his way. When you're yoked to him, even valleys that have the shadow of death looming over them, you will find a table to feast with him. That's pretty cool. Take my yoke upon you. I love that he's not like, I love that, you know, I'm working on my masters a little bit here and there, and it's kind of like greater than any professor or any scientist or inventor or entrepreneur or businessman or woman. Like, you and I are invited to learn directly from the creator and sustainer of all things. Like, it's cool to take a class from the expert in classic literature, but they learned it from someone. (laughs) Jesus is all, I will literally teach you how to do all of life with me. I mean, what an offer. So, that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. I need a little bit of help. Can I have like five or six helpers? Come on up. Don't be shy. I'm just going to hand out something. And I, have, I can print 50 more of these, so don't trip. But maybe just do one per family or friendship circle or whatever. Pass those out more. Um, I just need one. So I wanted to be really practical and helpful today. And I wanted to start a conversation. Uh, I'm just passing out a really simple tool. Go ahead, Garrett. You can come up too and just... And the reason I printed this is because I actually want you to do, I want us to do work. I want us to reflect on this all week. In your small group or your friendship circle or even in the workroom at work or at the dinner table when you're with your friends or your family, I want to put this to work. Everyone say RPMs. Like you mean it, RPMs. I, I did not invent this tool. That would have been really cool if I did. This is from the Ferguson brothers. I obviously need to print more. Just do one per family, one per row. We're good. Everyone will get it. But the reason I, I, really, I really like this and just as a tool for you to talk about with your friends, this is even a framework that you could, you could have a small group where you read a Bible passage and you go through the RPMs later. But here's why I'm handing this out. How many know if your relational life is out of whack, you are not experiencing the peace Jesus promises? Every, eyes on me. How many know if your relational life is jacked up, you're not going to experience the peace that Jesus promises if you're yoked to him? How many know if you're eating crummy, you're not getting enough sleep, it's super hard to live out of the realm of the peace and the rest that Jesus just promised us in Matthew 11. If your physical life is not, is not in alignment with wholeness and flourishing, raise your hand. In fact, there's so many statistics, my dad already quoted them last week, that stress, that there's these, these, these things physiologically that happen because we're not well on the inside, either mentally or emotionally. And how many know if your thought life if you're riddled with worry and anxiety and, and your mind and all you do is ingest uh, cable news and it's super hard to have mental clarity and peace and rest, can I get an amen in our cultural moment? 
and then obviously spiritually, if I'm never opening my Bible or even turning my heart to the Lord, if I'm just living, doing my own thing, it's super hard to experience the rest on the inside. All in favor, say amen. So this is not, this is not a gimmick. This is a simple way that kind of looks at the different dynamics, relational, that's why RPMs, it's obviously an acronym or whatever that's called. Relational, physical, mental, spiritual. How many would believe today that being yoked to Jesus has implications for every circle? I need more amens. Every circle. He wants to be yoked to us. So stop looking at this. You're going to take it home. It's homework. Read the questions in journal. That's your assignment. Not hard. It's awesome. How are my relationships? Am I doing them with Jesus? How is my physical life? Have I been yoked to the refrigerator? Whoever said that? <laughs> Come on, we never talk about it, but if we're unhealthy, it's going to be super hard to have that vibrant, winsome witness that Jesus wants us to have. No shame. No shame. And then mental. What are you filling your thoughts with? What's your going to bed habit? Is it watching violent movies and you wonder why when you wake up you're already sweating? I mean, let's just be practical. And then spiritually. So take this. I really want to encourage you. Do this with your friend. Do it with your accountability partner. Do it with your spouse. Do it with someone who's willing to just look at a piece of paper and say, can we look under the hood of my engine and see how the RPMs are? What I want to do is I want to just read this verse, and I'm going to close because that was awesome. Part one. Part one. So let's read, read that Matthew 11 passage with me on the bottom of the screen, the bottom of the passage, the thingy, whatever. One, two, three, go. Come to me. Oh, wait, where's, what happened? <sighs> Don't read that. Don't read, that's a good one too. That's later on in the series. Being yoked to Jesus, it's okay. You got it. Here we go, one, two, three, go. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Best part, for my yoke is, and my burden is light. Why is it easy? Is loving your enemies easy? Why is it easy? How can Jesus have the audacity? Thank you. Because he wants to do it with us. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. I just, I love you guys. Thank you. This is, I just want to be yoked to Jesus. <laughs> How many are with me? I just want to be yoked with Jesus. I just, I want, I, I'm, I want to be yoked with him. So here's, here's what I want to do. As a church person, pastor, one of the things we talk about behind your backs Hey, I'm just going there. I don't got time. Okay, I'm just going to go right there. How do we connect people? You know, we talk about that behind your back, like in leadership. How do we like plug them in? And we're supposed to think about those things, right? Like, but can I encourage you? Because I'm a mess. I, I'm such a, I'm an Enneagram four. I'm, an, I'm a crazy. My mind is like, crazy. But here's a great step to get connected. 
Look to your right. Look to your left. If the person looks interesting <laughs> or intriguing, I'm so sorry. We make it so formal, but it's like life on life. Like there's people around you who probably don't really know all that Jesus wants to do in their life about being yoked to him. They probably don't really know. They're probably not running out of 10, but they want to run out of 10. And you know what's going to help them get over the hump many times is your encouragement in their life. And so much of our conversation, I, I stress over it. And that's part of my job. Don't, don't write me letters and say, I'm so sorry, Pastor Chad. Don't, I don't want those letters. But can I encourage you over these next several weeks? Yokes are not just a personal invitation for a private faith. How many know if your faith remains private, eventually you'll lose your faith? Your faith is personal, but it's not private. Why? Because he wants the faith to influence all of your life. Is that good? It's personal, but it's not private. I'm yoked with Jesus. And the beauty, the greatest growth you'll experience, hands down, is when you're yoked with Jesus and you begin to walk with others who are yoked with Jesus, and you might even invite people into that party who don't even know Jesus yet so they can see what Jesus is like through your life. <laughs> just, it's just, so I want to encourage you, before I pray and we close, extend the awkward handshake. Or high five. Or fist bump if you're a germaphobe. <laughs> like in this space, break through the cultural barriers of eye contact. Look at someone and go, you don't look that strange. <laughs> Should we get food? You buying? Perfect. Listen, I'm so serious. You guys don't, you, none of you exist on a scatter plot or how to get you from a, you exist right, you're a person. Does that make sense? And I am going to work really hard in the fall. We want to launch a bunch of stuff in life group, small group, community group. We'll call them 50 things, whatever. I want you to get plugged in, plugged in, plugged in. But you know the greatest way to get plugged in? If you don't know how, to ask. Is this super complicated? I'm not freaking Greek or Hebrew or anything. I don't even know that. So let's get yoked together. Let me pray. Sorry if I lost all the steam or momentum, but sorry, not sorry. I'm going to read Eugene Peterson's, he wrote the message. It's a, trans, it's a paraphrased version of the Bible. This is going to be our commission, our sending. This verse is so good in that translation. Are you tired? Worn out, burned out on religion, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Oh, preach. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Oh, 
This is the word of the Lord. Can you say thanks be to God? So God, as you send us from this place and we yoke our, we just say yes to your invitation today. Even now, if you, you're like, dude, I want to just say yes. Say, Jesus, I, today I, I want to do it on your terms. I want to come to you and I want to be yoked with you. And if you're serious about that choice, come talk to me immediately after or someone with a prayer back because we want to walk with you. And so, Lord, just thank you that you want to be yoked with us, that you want to teach us. You want to teach us directly by your spirit, through your word, in the context of a loving, nurturing community. And, Lord, we want to experience that rest. We want to experience the yoke that is easy and the burden that is light. We want to rest with you and walk with you and work with you. So, Lord, just here we are as a church community, yielded up to Jesus. And we just say all together, there is no one like you. There's no one like you. You're gentle and you're humble and we want to follow you. And so, Lord, send us in the power of your spirit and may we grow in your image and likeness and love this week. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. Amen. I love you guys. Say hi to somebody.